Oh, I bloody love podcasts. Hey, good Don't to you? know. Good to know. I bloody love podcasts. Uh, hello, everybody. On the podcast this week, it's Wolves Fancast, of course. That is the podcast that we are recording uh, for your listening pleasure. Uh, hey, we've got Richard. With hello, us. everyone. And we've got Dan. Hello. Uh, on the podcast this week, we're going to talk about Fulham. Unfortunately, we're going to preview the game of the weekend against Reading. We've got Twitter corner in a second. Uh, we're going to talk some other things. And we've got a quiz. Another quiz after last week's success, which for some reason I said that Michael Oakes. Made 59 appearances, which in fact made 199 appearances. You're a, where, where did 59 come from? I think I was looking at different players and I was obviously trying to find some good appearances so it would balance out um, the appearances, yeah. so it would make it a tough quiz. So I must have seen someone else. I don't think he even had 59 good games for Wolves. I remember <laughs> yeah. the one against Man United, but apart from that, he yeah. was always, get off your line, Oaks. Uh, well, there is a bitterly weather at the minute in the world. Well, not in the world. Well, it's our world, isn't it? In Wolverhampton. Yeah. Snowmageddon. But are we having a, a bitter end to the season? Oh, that's what we're going to be talking about in a second. We're going to mix things up this week, gentlemen, and start with Twitter slash email corner. Uh, and we start with Cameron Smith, who... It's a non-Wolves question, because we know people love the non-Wolves questions. Best part... Is it about, it's not about wrestling, is it? It's not about wrestling. Fair people no. can wipe that brow. Phew. And no, it's not Phew. about that. Um, Cameron Smith says, best part of Sunday dinner. Oh, we talked about well, this similar. Yeah, we had the Yorkshire that. pudding though, didn't we? Last was it last week? You're not a weeks fan ago? Of it. No, I'm not a, not a fan whatsoever. I'm really hoping Adam isn't rolling his eyes now, going, "Oh, not again." We're not yeah. talking about you. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, Yorkshire oh. not Yorkshire pudding. Best part of a Sunday dinner? Probably Anyone? Yorkshire pudding. I can I, I can yeah. tolerate a Yorkshire pudding. My Sunday dinner usually doesn't happen because I'm usually that hungover, <laughs> and then it usually ends up a Sunday pizza, and that's it. <laughs> yeah, you're. Yeah, it's going to have to be Yorkshire or gravy if it's really good gravy. Yeah. Like if you use the meat fats. I like right. it when you, if you have a, a meal with mint sauce and the mint sauce mixes Get with the gravy. In, yeah. Then. That's good. Has anyone had a KFC gravy with a Sunday dinner? No, but mm. I've been so tempted because the gravy... <laughs> just drive all, all the way to KFC just to get a, a pot. We've got no chicken, but we've got lots of gravy. <laughs> yeah. It's all gravy, um, baby. Yeah, so, yeah. But pigs in blanket on Christmas Day as well. Yeah, I would say because you've got a technically. I know. It's are we called? I was going to say are we call Christmas sun- dinner a Sunday roast unless it's on a on a Sunday. Then yeah. it counts, obviously. Uh, okay, uh, Pete B, who has told us he's recycling his question that he already sent to the ENS podcast. So, but we're going to allow it because he's a loyal listener. Uh, says, what's on your match day playlist? Um, Oasis and Beastie Boys for me. What songs do you like listening to on old match day? Whether it's actually at the ground or have you got any songs that you like listening to on the way? I know it's been repeated quite a lot of home games recently. I know Noel Gallagher's um, that song that I thought was a vaccine yeah. for about two months. Oh, yeah. Um, the one, that's on the, the one the that's on the video. Holy Mountain. Is that what it is? Is it I the High Flying Bird song? Or, you know, that's yeah. his band, isn't it? Yeah. That's on the video, though, isn't it? They play out. Mm, yeah. That video is great. I re- is that every one where t- the warfare glows at the end? I think so. But yeah. every time I watch that video pre-game, I do get properly pumped up. Yeah. The, the, I mean, the, the so playlist that Molly this season has gone up another level. <laughs> <laughs> Come on, I'm, 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 I was fed up of listening to, like, um, what was the... Audio slave song co- oh, coaching. I love yeah, that. But yeah, but it was just too. It was. We had that song for about ten years, non-stop. <laughs> you have to mix up now and again. We're going to get onto Liquidator in a well, second. Yeah, we'll just, just play the Liquidator on repeat. Have <laughs> yeah. like different like remixes, like a drum and bass version. <laughs> Scarver, what's his? I was going to say it's already a reggae yeah. song, isn't it? A bagpipe version. You get like those CDs of all um, top hits, but played in bagpipes or ukuleles. <laughs> yeah. Just, or just uh, an a cappella version. <laughs> oh. <laughs> any any other songs on Match Day, Richard, um, or that you like? To be honest, going to a game, I tend to like being the medium. I listen to a podcast usually. Um, not another Wolves one, obviously. Because <laughs> um, it, it's usually end up being because I'll miss it in the da- in the morning because I usually be doing something. Usually fighting talk. Mm. Um, the Five Live one that's been my usual sort of staple because I've got like a 20, 20 minute 25 minute walk to the ground from my house so it's like I can listen to the first half of it on the way in second half on the way back that's that's my current match day unless someone can recommend me something decent to listen to I'm all ears I'm just Kasabian really yeah it's, hmm. it's just proper go to music when you 
when you're having a good day with the lads. <laughs> <laughs> Proper lad rock. Um, next question, William Ashworth says, what's the coldest you've ever been at a game? Probably Wigan last season. On the midweek when we lost 1-0 in like injury time. Oh, the one away? No, um, we, did we, no, no it was the season before, was it? We lost, was it Valentine's Day? I know it was I like we, a Tuesday. Like, yeah, we lost 1-0, didn't we? This, yeah, I didn't go because... Yeah, but it was, I don't remember that game. It was midweek, it was just... It wasn't like an abhorrent game of no, football. No, it wasn't last... Was it the season it was before season, then? I'm pretty sure it was jacket, in jacket, yeah. And so the season before, maybe. It's like a midweek. We lost literally one nil in like injury time. I think it might have been like a corner or a set piece header. I read it. I remember the one obviously last season away, but was it last season away? Yeah, when Gladden played and just that's yeah. the game that everybody decided they didn't want him here anymore. Yeah, because yeah, like, yeah, Zeng he would played. have been in charge then, wouldn't he? Yes. Yeah. yeah. I remember so playing the season before then. I remember playing Wigan in. I think it was the penultimate season in the Premier League when we were up. And I, it was it was like a boxing day. It was bitterly cold, so much so I, t- I was with my dad, and he was like just hunched up in his coat to the point where I thought he'd actually died, and I had to poke him <laughs> to make sure he was all right. Pour him out <laughs> in his seat. <laughs> I also remember that game because I was sitting in the Billy Wright upper, and I think we were two 0 down, and with five minutes to go, E Banks. I think it's like E Banks or Fletcher got a goal back, so obviously I stood up to cheer. And when I looked across the whole stand, only me and two of the people in, t- in the entire stand had actually stood up to cheer. And that made me realise how everybody yeah, felt about that game. Uh, but yeah, but Rich, any cold games for you? Any games where you've There's, felt the chill? Um, crikey. I think first season we were ever in the Premiership, 03 04. I remember. I'm saying I was, what, 10 at the time? I remember there being a game where I was like bitterly cold and. Had a hot chocolate at half time and managed to be so cold that I gripped it far too tightly. And with the lids being what they are, I managed to spill half of it on myself and was very warm for about three seconds and then got very cold because I had the hot chocolate all over me. Um, and I've never had a hot chocolate again since. Uh, Chris Wood uh, says if you could go back to last season, tell yourself one thing, what would it be? It's all going to be all right. Or is it? Oh, stop it, David! Stop it, Dave! Please stop. (laughs) I'm awake every night at the moment since Fulham. I don't don't need. I don't need that ingrained in me. We're gonna be all right. We've got too much quality. We've we've got too much quality. Yeah, but would people get that if you went back to last season? Just went. We're gonna be all right. People like. What do you mean? We're gonna be all right. We're not going to get relegated. Last <laughs> yeah, I was going to say we're not going to turn a fifteenth place league after spending twenty million pounds. If I could tell myself one thing from last season, I'd say don't believe the hype after Wolves released that Oasis video after Liverpool. Because <laughs> it, it, I was just I was sold. We was going to make the playoffs under Lambert. We, we beat Liverpool. We went we went on a good run. In, was it January or February? After was it, it Brentford was, away and then it was March, wasn't it? Something yeah. around that time, and I was sold. What was it? Acquiesced by Oasis was like the backing track to like us beating Liverpool and all the goals <laughs> we scored again. I was sold. Oh, Paul Lambert, what a bloke! How was he got to the Premiership <laughs> before us? Yeah, football, eh? Football. Uh, final question. Uh, we'll go on the emails to Joshua Opal. Who says, oh, no, Josh. Yeah, oh. yeah. A little shout out oh. to old Joshy there. Josh. Uh, his question is: If you had to pick one person who's brought the feel-good factor back to Wolves, apart from Nuno, who is that person? Who says he's brought the uh, the old feel-good factor back at Wolves? It's not Nuno. I, I'm I'm not having people say Laurie Dalrymple. The man, I'm the people, have, of course. I'm not having it. If Jez Moxie had the money that Fosen <laughs> had, he'd be doing the exact same thing. Do you think he would? <laughs> yeah. I really think he would. Maybe not giving us free travel like every away game and like <laughs> meeting up for beers before the yeah. game. <laughs> I think he's, he's he's got an I'm gonna say an easy job, a nice job to have when you've got so much yeah, authority yeah, yeah. to like make the fans happy. So I, I'm gonna go with Connor Cody. Yeah, Caldinho. Mm. Just because of like, just how what what how much of a 180 he's done in his war yeah, screen yeah, the last yeah. like one season. If if I could, maybe like last season, season before, someone said, "Would you rather keep George Savile or Cody?" That yeah. that could have been a fifty-fifty sway yeah. on what who people I wanted think, to stay. Yeah, I think most it wasn't people, really a position for Cody, was there? No, because he, I mean, last season he sort of what 
ended up playing right back and yeah. like, he did okay. But I know like before Nuno came, if we'd have sold him in sort of the same way we kind of got rid of Savlo, I guess. Well, not to the same extent. I don't think a lot of Wolves fans would have been massively disappointed. No, no, no. I thought it would have been a shame because actually you're losing someone who seems like a pretty good professional, decent across a couple of positions. But if you could improve him yeah. and you could get someone in. In terms of the feel-good factor, I'd say two. One, Neves. Yeah. yeah. Um, just because well, I've not seen a player who's that been that creative mm. and sort of made me sort of be that you know almost bringing me back to when I was a kid again watching football just because there's things I've seen do that I've yet to see any of the Wolves play manage to uh, you know technically pull off the other one I'd say is Cavalero in terms of actually bringing yeah, the yeah, yeah. you know if you're talking about joy and actually you say putting a smile on your face you know when he's been on form this season it you know there's been a few things kind of better and you know you know, with us, I was going to say with the skills, with the skills Zed. that paid the bills. Even yeah, like with like when we was two 0 down on Saturday, mm. there was a moment when Cavalera Megs one of their players. Did yeah. you see that when he literally just, he, he rolled it through the leg? And literally, I was out of my seat just laughing at yeah. that because it, <laughs> yeah. it was just ridiculous like, how much of a muggy made him. We got we got the moral victory that day. That's yeah. like, I, I only <laughs> went there for the Megs. I was going to say, does that make it two one or? <laughs> We've Referee, right? We've won the league. Yeah. Right, that's a goal. That's a yeah. goal. That's the same circle. It's a goal. Don't worry. Uh, okay, that's Twitter and email corner questions for this week. Let's go for another bit of news before we get to Fulham. And there's reports suggesting last couple of days that um, Alfred and Dye is now only one game away from Wolves having to pay nine million euros uh, to sign in from Villarreal, assuming promotion, of course. And the club are reportedly must pay two and a half million euros if they uh, back out of the deal. So obviously he's going to play on Saturday, you would think. Mm. Um, again, trading. But what do people think about that? Is that almost? If obviously that's true, is that a sign of? Because he came in literally right at the last minute, didn't he? On on deadline mm. day, is that a sign of desperation negotiations to bring someone in that you know you can bring this this person in, but this is what's going to happen if um, if you bring them in. In a sense, this is part of the deal. I was going to say, it'd be interesting to know if there was any money up front in that deal. Because I'd almost suggest it's actually a pretty well-constructed one. Because if you think that if you pay nothing up front and he only ends up playing 10 games because Neves is bossing it, Sace is, you know, in a different world, you've got Jack Price doing well. But, you know, if he goes on to play more than effectively half a season, which is what it is, then they demand an extra fee for him, about two and a half million, or they actually need to buy him out because he's shown that, well, he's good enough for the first team because he's played at least 50% of games. Um, to be honest, out of the three options which are left with, which is either you pay nine million and sign him for next season, mm. you pay two and a half for a season for him, or you don't play him at all until the rest of the season because you're going to be hamstrung financially, You'd just do the first, you'd do the second one and pay two and a half million because mm. um, I, I, I've kind of probably stated my views about him die before, but I don't think he's gonna stay. I wouldn't really have him next season. I definitely don't think he's yeah, worth you don't, a million. You, I, I, you don't want to play a financial risk now of just not paying money for someone not to play because mm. there was always that rumor about Pesco and De Saunders, wasn't there? That, yeah. that apparently the reason why he hadn't played at all really under Saunders is because if we play like another game, Wolves yeah. have had to pay a fee. You get it in like, I'm sure um, Portsmouth had it loads when they went through sort of financial ruin. But they had players with kind of contracts where it was like, you play another game for the club, you get a wage bonus and you get a contract extension mm. and it would have crippled them. So it does happen. Um, and I mean, I was when I first saw the story, I was a bit like, okay. But I actually did a little bit of digging and it seems to be fairly widely reported in Spain across sort of the Spanish papers about mm. it. So, yeah, I, I, I mean, at the end of the day, it's really do you keep him on next season? Mm. Dan, is he worth what? Well, what it would be what uh, seven and a half million pound? I think mm. on the Euro conversion. Not in my eyes. He's, he's a nice squad player to have in the Premier League, but not at that value. I think he's. Bottom half Premiership, top half Championship mm. at, at best, but consistently he's probably just around playoffs in the Championship mm. consistently, and that's like the, probably the games before 
Preston. I mean, QPR, apart from the goal, he was terrible. Mm. Saturday was... I wouldn't have took him off on Saturday. I would, I would have took Sace off before I took Undoy because I think Undoy literally gets you up the field a bit quicker than what Sace does. And when, when we was like sort of 1-0, 2-0 down, when we had literally Cody and Gibbs White in midfield, I thought we were just we was opening ourselves up to another pasting. The way he was, mm. he was we going. We weren't really playing with midfield at that point, were we? You know, it was almost this weird diamond slash... Yeah. If things were to go to plan this season, hopefully, would it be someone you'd want to keep next season if if that option was available? I, I don't think he'll be a player will be on our shortlist if we are to be promoted. Mm. I think they'll have bigger fish to catch, i.e. Taliska. <laughs> it's going to happen. Taliska's Can you imagine if he comes got to happen. It's, it's actually got to happen. Anyway, <laughs> let's talk about, unfortunately, the game of the weekend and Wolves suffered only their fifth defeat this season with a 2-0 away defeat to inform Fulham. And it also, what, well, what happened after the game with other results and other teams uh, below in the table, as it were, who have started to pick up form. It starts to raise some concerns and some nerves amongst the fans. People thinking about the old 2002 once again. We are all not sleeping very well at the minute. But let's talk about the game, firstly, gentlemen. And was it just the case that we were beaten by the better team on Saturday? Yes. I'm sending a vote, yeah. Yeah, I think... Can't deny how good Fulham were and are at the moment like you know they are a team kind of playing about as well as they kind of can be overall at the moment I think they've won what six home games in a row now like I think it's more than that that be, was the eighth on a, on yeah. a row I think like they, they are bossing it at the moment um, at Craven Cottage they've had a shaky first half of the season they've kind mm. of really picked up momentum now um, at the same time that uh, we're top of the league, we we sh- it's going to sound harsh, but we kind of shouldn't be losing. Mm. Like, we should be getting a result, really. Yeah, but. and you know I think there were mistakes at the back for both the goals, really, um, and and not enough of the players played well enough, and half of it was Fulham stopping us. So actually, you know, I both fullbacks Doty and. Uh, Douglas had very poor games. Now, half of that is how high Fulham pressed us, but the other half is that we didn't have Neves in the middle who was able to move it out quickly enough to them because Ndai and Sace were taking that extra touch or it was that extra you know, bit of time that we weren't able to get it out wide to them. Mm. And they are our biggest outlet in that team. And if we didn't have... I'd hating to guess that if we had Nevers in the team it might have been a different story because I do think he just he keeps everything moving and mm. when it's all going a bit frantic so you know Fulham I think um, Tom Kenny their captain last season sort of said we play rock and roll football which they do and it's all frantic it's all high pace in it's possession but actually if that ball breaks loose then you need someone like Nevers who can put his foot on it and start spraying it mm. and we didn't have that and then that contributed um, to us not being able to get the field as well. Was it just Neves done, or was there any, anything I think else? The, I think the game was won and lost with the two the two pairs of centre midfielders. I thought Kane, Mac, and Kearney mm. just outrun, outpassed, outfought, and dying safe throughout the entire game. Yeah. Neves would have been nice in there because he just he's, he's just too good for this level, isn't he? Mm. And he, he he does pull the pull the strings. And I think it's another case of on a tight pitch, we just can't play our game. Mm. We're talking about getting the ball to our full-backs. They're just, They're not. There wasn't enough space to do it. Mm. We got up the field enough times in the first half. I mean, Costa had two pretty much runs at their keeper from about 30, 40 yards out. And his acceleration never got in there. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's interesting because especially first half, we were in the game. We were. we had the bare opportunities. You know, I know they had the um, Bennett cleared one off the line, but I thought we had sort of the best bad opportunities in and around their area. Yeah, like we weren't playing poorly we weren't on top form but you know maybe 1-0 at half time was a decent enough reflection but if it was 1-1 or 0-0 don't think any Wolves fans would feel that we'd kind of gotten away with one Um, you know I think going forward I think there's still that big issue with who do you play in that front three because he's tried he tried to switch it around he dropped Jota which when you think about it like especially without Neves you kind of dropping you two well I know Nevers wasn't dropped but you're not playing 
two, arguably your two most creative mm. players. It's odd though, isn't it? Because you know that front three since uh, the Marbella break um, has been mm. fantastic. But then there is this argument which we'll talk about in Reading that you've got to start mixing up a tiny bit, haven't you, to give players a rest and. I think it's giving opposition other things to think about mm. as well. And, you know, whoever you play, there's going to be strengths and weaknesses, isn't there? So, was, it, was it Sheffield United where, with the three substitutions we made, we actually had a completely different front three, and you thought, wow, yeah. what, what a different option we've got now. And now you look at it and go, oh, it's not as strong as mm. we thought it would be. Um, did anyone actually have a good game, do you think, against Fulham? Because people talked about Calvin Bolly perhaps being the standouts. Calvin was standout man of the match for me. I was going to say, they, uh, Bolly, I don't think I've really seen him have a bad game for Wolves. And, you know, didn't have one a bad one Saturday. Cav, probably our brightest player going forwards. Don't think the rest of the defence really held themselves in any glory. Yeah, um, I think that was Cody sort of... you got to I've, point the finger at him for both goals. He got turned too easy by Mitrovic. Something I've sort of noticed since probably the turn of the year, and it's probably not a popular view... I think Cody's probably been arguably one of our most underperforming players in the last oh, okay. like, six games. Um, and there has been moments where he's looked a bit shaky at the back. Yeah, and I think I, I noticed it first when we played um, Swansea in the Cup at home. And, you know, he was doing his characteristic sort of um, balls out to the flanks. And they're kind of getting cut out. And at the time, I kind of thought, well, maybe it's because we're playing a slightly better opposition or even if Swansea were kind of a bit poor at that point they're still a Premier League team mm, and yeah, just, you know yeah. we get to that ball a bit a second earlier but notice in the last what four games or so more teams are targeting him uh, you know you look against uh, I can believe QPR mm. at half time they brought on Matt Smith they brought on you know six foot five against six foot oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. and you know apart from his goal line clearance in that game I don't think he had a good game and I think that covered a lot of things Again, you know, there's been, you know, there's been a couple of occasions now where he hasn't really matched those levels as highly, and I don't think it's like a big issue because fortunately in that formation you've got two other players around you, and by no means am I saying that we're carrying him, but I don't think he's been in great form the last couple of games, and I can see on Saturday they'll likely play someone like Bod Varsen or Kermigan and try and put pressure on him. And then, you know, in a couple of weeks' time, I say a couple of weeks, against Cardiff, you can guarantee they'll do exactly what they did at Molyneux and they'll put Zahor on him. I think there is, like, going back to what you're saying there, there will be sort of games where I think Nuno has to switch it up a bit mm. and maybe have sort of Bolly in that centre of the three against, like, your target men like yeah. Matt Smith, Kermigan. Because it, I, mean, Mitch, I think Bolly yeah. pretty much had the winning of Mitrovic the majority of the game Saturday but the, mm. and then both times he was one on one against Cody he, he, he made the goals it. happen you know I think they need to be a little bit wiser to it and I, I've got no issue in terms of you know Cody's height or even his strength because he's you know he's not exactly a small player in those regards but if you've got someone who's like a bit more physical you could make the argument, you say, try and switch it round, play. I know Bolly in the centre, Cody on the right, and Hawes on the left. Um, you know, it's the issue now, isn't it? If you, you know, if you were to change the defence, it's been a consistent defence that's been, you know, done so well. But if you were to change on those players, how long does it take for that defence to solidify once again? I mean, I could see potentially Bart coming on Saturday um, for. Bennett potentially but also, but also you know, these players haven't played since since when really Bart yeah. hasn't played since when Hawes probably Hawes played in the, the cup did he Hawes played in the cup replaying was poor you still got Miranda as well yeah, yeah. which I've yeah. forgotten about you know I think it, it, was, it wouldn't surprise me if he made a, a change to the defensive hmm. line on Saturday which is saying it's the effect that the ramifications of what will happen if he does because it's, it's the same going back to Ruddy as well hmm. if we drop Ruddy now at what sort of Reaction the player's going to have to mm. drop in such a senior member of the yeah. first team, and it's like it's we, we talked about. He deserves. So we talked about last week. It, it is yeah. a gamble in the day. It's exactly, it's yeah. it's the business end of the season. It, he is a championship and promotion proven goalkeeper. You put Will Norris in, who yeah, great goalkeeper, but he's played what six games this season, all Carabao, individual wait, games. Calling by his actual title, Carabao Cup Team of the Year goalie. Exactly, exactly. But you know, but they are all. 
at the end of the day, yeah. individual games, aren't they? You know, they're not consistent games, and I just think it would be a personally, you know, it would just be a, a a big thing to try and do. What this game has kind of thrown up with everybody is the nerve factor. The the, uh, the gap to top has been cut to six points, and the gap to third, which really is the key one, to ten points. People obviously concerned about the performances since really quality um, eleven with the goal difference. <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah. Oh, but we've got to keep remembering the positives here. Um, you know, you look at. I forgot what I was going to say there. You got me off. I refuse to be (laughs) drawn into your pessimistic ways. We're going to be all right. There's too much quality in this team. I mean, the easiest way, how I've kind of rationalised it to myself in the last couple of days, which we've all had to take these long moments of reflection, is that we've still got to play basically, is it six out of the bottom seven? Yeah. We've still got some tough away Wait, games to come, which is true. But then, yeah, but, but it almost doesn't matter because you win those seven, hmm. that kind of puts us well and truly clear of anyone. But you know, like, as I said, six points clear of second, ten points clear of third. Yes, okay, we've got no winning three, and the results in context aren't harrowing. Uh, but is it the the performances of the recent weeks that is perhaps where the concern is coming from? You look at Preston, where. Okay, it's always tough to go away to Preston, especially where they are in the league at the minute, but they were, what, 10 men down? It was 25 minutes ago and we weren't able to capitalise. Annoying that, again, we weren't able to beat Norwich. Um, and then, obviously, you have the defeat at the weekend. But really, if you try and break it down, it isn't as bad as it, you think. But all, And also, it is only our fifth defeat of the season. Yeah, I was going to say, it's really not as bad as we think it is. Even if you think, well, we've lost... Did we say we haven't won in three mm. I think I worked out that in our last seven games we've got 12 points now say you need two points a game for promotion you're not a million miles off we, there's been games in that period where we've kind of grinded it out like QPR you could argue Ipswich as well we weren't particularly special we got the 1-0 win which was needed but at the end of the day it's a 46 game season mm. We've still got a quarter of a season left to go, mind. But actually, for 75% of this campaign, we've dominated. And that's given us a bit of extra luxury. So when we've had a couple of off games through suspension or through having our tactics potentially found out, we have that leeway to hopefully adapt and overcome. And, you know, there's also this thing that, you know, if we'd beaten Norwich last Wednesday, you would have perhaps looked at this game against Saturday and gone, OK, well, we lost. Oh, well, carry on. Because yeah. of the, the draw and the sucker punch of that. Well, I mean, if, we, if we'd have got those extra two points against Norwich and not conceded a stupid goal from 30 yards out, that would have put us on 75 points. It would have put us eight clear of second. And I think we'd be having a very different conversation. Yeah. We'd just be like, ah, we lost, but Fulham, they're a nice club and they play good football. Yeah, and whereas guess, now we and I guess was, the issue is because obviously Cardiff won a, a good role at the minute. Villa, okay, they won at the weekend, but you know they're, they're not on the uh, a great consistent form. But there's this thing of oh, you know, before Saturday it could be a three point gap, and all what happens there. But really, again, in the context of the grand context of things, it isn't that. Bad. Yeah, I mean, the, the easiest way I kind of look at it is that when Villa went on their big winning run, they. Was it six they won in a row? Seven. Seven. Yeah. They were still exact. They were still ten points behind us. I would. I. I can't see a Villa or Cardiff going on a winning run for that amount of games. It's slightly changed now, as you said. That it's down to six points. But do we think that we're going to drop six points and Cardiff are going to gain those on us? I know we've still got to play them, but I don't think it really matters. Honestly, I think that we will be fine. I think you beat those teams in and around, um, you know, bottom half of the table. That will see us through. None of the other teams have, to be honest, showed any level of consistency throughout the season. Villa are a perfect example that they go, they either are on an unbeaten run of six or seven or eight, or they're not winning games. So you'd almost just hedge your bets on it. The mm. Wolves have kind of fairly consistently stuck to it Dan is very quiet he's very worried because there's, there's one big stat did you read that new now stat from Porto the other day oh no not this yeah, one yeah I don't really want to read this stat out but it was something about how they were first would, in the league 
And out of his last fourteen games, he won three. Yeah, and they. But then I think I'm sure I read some other tweets on the back of that, and it, it, I think they were trying to explain. Don't get too much into that that stat. Oh, I'm not. I just I just thought I'd give you your a bit more fuel to put on your <laughs> pessimistic fire for a moment before hey, I say. Look, I, 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 I want us to be okay. I want I know, us to be okay. People just like to see the world burn down. The exactly, day. they do. They do. I mean, um, I was has he shown us that perhaps? Um, we've been a bit too loud for our own good. Yes, okay. If Wolves are still doing great, we're obviously going to be bigging it up. But does this somehow show that we've, you know, like for example, I know I've seen some people on social media say this. I'm getting sick of time of the Mind the Gap song now with Villa. Big stuff. Even even after the game at Fulham, we was walking out from the ground and there were still people singing Mind the Gap and the the game three points us earlier on in yeah. the day. Mm. But it's this, it's this thing of nothing's been won yet. We haven't been promoted. Yes, when we win a game, sing and praise and, and let's be happy about it. But nothing's happened yet, in my view. Well, yeah, I mean, Safebank was singing, was promoted in like October, November, <laughs> yeah. which at the time myself, I was thinking, come on, lads, we've been getting ahead of ourselves. And then you've got people on BBC WM saying we're going to be in Europe in three. And it's, yeah, it's... there's just no. We need to be humble. Because this is going to blow up on our face if it goes wrong, and it'll be worse than when Albion beat us. Because just because of how far yeah. we were, and ahead. that's I think that's where a lot of the worry comes from. Is that we people are worried about the embarrassment factor if it if something didn't go right, and it wasn't a top two finish. Because really, from my mind, I don't really care if we if we finish second. It's like we've done the we've, it, we've done it. You know, was the stat earlier in the season about? No team at Christmas or by New Year had accumulated the amount of points we did and not been promoted apart from Man City about 40-odd years ago. In the 1800s. Yeah, yeah. 140-odd years ago. <laughs> it's like... That's the classic walls, though, isn't it? Like yeah, but we we've been... Nice points in that playoffs. We never got in on goal difference that under jacket a few years ago. I think it's one of... I know, I think you win on Saturday... Even if it is six points between us and Cardiff, and it's like that for a few weeks, even it, it should I'm, be fine. I'm sure that I don't know whether you, Dan, you said this actually off recording that come to the end of the season, that gap we had a few weeks ago isn't going to be that gap at all. It's going to be a lot closer. Yeah, coming yeah. into the season, I'm sure you said that. On, you know, I think so. you say we've lost five games this season. Mm. It's, I think the key it's thing, still though, it's pretty impressive. It's the business end of the season. This is where the performances and the results really matter now. And again, in context, you look at the, the games; it, it, it's really fine. But you know, I think we'll talk about Reading in a second. But there's gonna be a lot of nerves out of Saturday, and just a classic normal what we've seen Hi. Wolves win. Who've mm-hmm. kind of got the much time? Brentford away. Away, yeah. Yeah. So I mean. I mean, it's I've tough, just, tough ground to go to. But before, before we go into they've they got a three o'clock kickoff. Um, oh, because half five, yeah, sorry, yeah. my mistake. Before we go into uh, fed up a sky, point us on TV. <laughs> well, we get to end. Let's just show us what history perhaps shows us. Um, and when Wolves last won, uh, well, were promoted from the Championship, um, they also won um, their first game after no winning five. Um, on the 3rd of March, which obviously is the date on Saturday, in a 1-0 away win against Palace. Previously, in the previous game, they lost 1-0 at home to Plymouth with a, uh, a Gallagher overhead kick after 36 seconds. There was a piece in The Guardian for that game which said, what a far cry from the midway midway point of the campaign where Wolves were lording it at the top, well clear of second place. Just interesting, that's all. Hopefully fate will repeat itself once we again. Need, we need Ian Black up front on We Saturday. do, yeah. Can you imagine him just coming out? Just, I've ah. always said but you have like these little like daft like questions like with people just like Twitter corner and stuff. If you if you could change something in football, you should be able to like bring on like a legend yeah. in like the last <laughs> ten minutes of every game. Just imagine like surely Bully, you could train him just to have ten minutes up front. Twelve against twelve, I, I, last ten. I mean, I saw I saw him in that friendly though against uh, Villa on that. 25th anniversary and his knees are officially mm. gone. Folkson have got that much money they can buy <laughs> new bionic knees. Bionic knees. So really, after this game with Fulham, there's no need to worry. Perhaps a lot of it's in our head, but there's going to be some nervous chattering of teeth come Saturday. It's the Wolves roller coaster, sitting in yeah. joy. Yeah, we're going to be fine. <laughs> if we like, if we finish six points above Cardiff at the end of the season and we keep them at arm's length. 
I'm not going to be disappointed. No. Six just... goals above Cardiff at the end of the yeah. spot. Yeah. You know, to be honest, they could finish like third and or yeah. fourth. <laughs> but honestly, I, I don't feel at the moment there's much need to worry. Mm. Yeah, we've had a couple of wobbles and I think we potentially need to not change our style of play but realise that teams are kind of cottoning on to us and we need to step it up again. Mm. And I thought that after the whole Marbella trip, we'd kind of done that and we'd sorted out any of those things. But you look at it, we played um, three games. Preston, tough game. Mm. Norwich are an inconsistent team. Mm. In theory, they're not, you know, they're slap bang mid table. Those results happen. Then you've got Fulham, who, as we said, are a good team, and we're playing away from home again. And, you know, they... That's a tough run of fixtures. On you know, actually, you look you look at it and you think, OK, if we'd have said you're getting two points from those three games, we'd have all been disappointed, don't get me wrong. But we wouldn't have gone, well, this is a absolute joke. So if you take him on a three-game point on its own against those three teams, I don't think it's end-of-the-world stuff. It's when you just combine it with all the external stuff. And I'm sure the players... They know they could have done better on Saturday. Mm. I'm sure they'll be looking on um, this Saturday. And I guess the benefit we've got this week is there's been no midweek game. So yeah. it's it's almost like in some ways the Marbella thing all over again, where and you I, can then just concentrate on, yeah, and on, on tactics and, and refresh things again and, and give mean, people a rest. To drag it back to sort of my Nevis point again, they look like a team who didn't really know how to play without him. Mm. They're not with, they don't have him again um, on Saturday. It'll be interesting to see sort of how the style changes at ho- a at home mm. on bigger pitch against a worse team, you'd argue as well, and having a bit more time to implement effectively Plan B without your starting quarterback. Yeah. And we'll, well, we'll we'll go into Reading now, and I think the key thing with with Reading is without Neves to get a win, hopefully, would be a big psychological boost to the side because it shows that we can play without one of the perhaps big two yeah. star men. In the side, Reading, um, of course, are 18th in the league. They're four points off the bottom at the time of recording of Tuesday night because they are playing Sheffield United at home, I think, uh, tonight. And they haven't won before that game in the entire of February. Um, they they uh, last won their they they last won the game, if not against Sheffield United. They are f- currently one nil down as of time of recording. Ah, uh, well, if that stays the case, they haven't won since the 30th of January, which is away to Burton. 3-1. Um, first, let's talk about the return of Dave Edwards, because we know how this might all be set I was going to say, I'm in the process of buying a house. I haven't actually paid my deposit yet. Is it worth me while just putting it all on Edwards to score on Saturday? Because you know how it's all be written. But before, uh, not, not that thing, but um, does he, he should, should deserve yeah. a, a, good, a good reception from Molyneux when, when he returns. Yeah, he'll he'll get a good reception, but... Play pre-game. Game. I mean pre-game. Oh, pre-game, yeah. yeah. Pre-game, yeah. Pre-game, yeah. I think it. I think if you manage to not give someone who's played for your club nine and a half years a good reception, over three hundred appearances, was it? Yeah, you probably have to look at yourself a bit. There's right. going to be people who boo in there. Well, because I think people use Edwards as the example of, oh, look at what we had to have before. Now look at what we've got now. But you've got to appreciate the people who put their blood, sweat, and tears into the club when they were here for it that amount first of time. That like one season, remember, it went down. Yeah, yeah. That's that's the biggest point that people have to remember from his career. He gave us nine and a half years. We always, regardless of what football team you support, all you want to see is players who who, who try their hardest. Mm. Mm. We ain't we can't have Messi, Ronaldo, George Best, Maradona playing every week. So you, um, all we want to see is people who just want to play for the shirt. And Edwards is one of those players that you know maybe like a bar as well, where if he has one bad game. Oh, he's the worst player in the world. Yeah. But you know, when he's playing well, no one says anything. Mm. When he scores, no one says anything. And I think he deserves a, a you know, pre-game, a good, a good, a good reception from the from the Monument Craigs. I don't think he probably ever got a sent off. Well, didn't he? Uh, there was a point earlier this season when he was plugging his book, and he came on at half time, and he got a good reception. Because actually, I think they sort of he did a thank you speech for the fans and was saying, oh, "I hope Wolves get promoted and all of this." But actually, they said sort of he never got that chance to say goodbye because it was. Wasn't on deadline day, was it? But it was it was against Brentford away, was it? That he, he just got announced yeah, he signed it, yeah. for Reading. So I mean, it kind of happened fairly quickly. Mm. Like, I remember sort of we were playing a game around the same time, so actually a lot of the focus was away from him, and you'd argue that was probably on purpose. Mm. But that's neither here nor there. Um, 
So it'd be nice if he gets a good send-off. He might probably... I don't know if he's sort of starting lots of games, but... It came off the bench last time he I seems saw to be I sort of, playing tonight. He seems but. to sort of be very much in the squad, either mm. sort of being more of those to come on. Um, well, obviously, Reading got John Daddy as well. Yeah, oh, yeah. Well, <laughs> let's see what happens. Well, um, obviously, at the weekend they grabbed a late draw at home to Derby with Bodvars and scoring the last goal after uh, Derby had a man sent off. Talking about uh, Nevis, no Nevis, of course. So, middle of the park, gentlemen, for team lineups. Do you keep the duo of Sace and Undy, or is this the time to start the World Cup winner, MGW? I think you're bonkers because if you start Morgan Gibbs White. I think Ooh. you're absolutely bonkers. Do you think? He's not physically enough yet to start games in this division. Because I've been really against it, um, but now I'm getting to the point where I'm thinking, where is the creativity coming from in the middle? That's why he too needs defensive. to come on a bit later on in the game if we are chasing the game. Do you not have him on starter then if hopefully things go to plan, you bring on someone like a Sace to shore things up? That's my thinking now. Oh, yeah, I just, I, 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 I saying, just don't know that's... whether perhaps there needs to be... If, I'm worried that we're going to just... It's going to be like Fulham in some ways where Reading may just sit back. Reading haven't got like a McDonald and Kearney though in midfield. But will they just, what a lot of teams will do this season, will they just sit back and we need that creativity? I, just, I don't know, just my view. For, I was going to say, I would be tempted to start him because almost the exact opposite. I, I think you are going to have a team, you are going to sit slightly more back. I think he's, pretty much in every game he's played, I think he's shown he's fairly well accomplished. I think... I'm not, I'm, not, I'm not detracting that from strength. how good he's been. Mm. I just don't think he's, he's. I mean, there was a few times on Saturday, like mm. where I thought he got ushered off the ball a little bit too easy. The game before that, he, he's able to find pickpockets, little spaces. He's better coming off the bench. But think, for the moment, yeah, yeah. I, I just don't think he's physical enough to play centre midfield in this division. I think yet. it'll be interesting who would play alongside him, though. That would be the mm. point I'd be unsure because I think it worked well in the cup. Um, for that 40 minutes where he was alongside and die. I, I, I really don't know. I, I don't... Hopefully in the last week they've those two have sort of managed to work out what their two jobs are in that midfield because they didn't really do either kind of job you'd expect your two midfielders to do. Um, but I think that Gibbs White gives you that extra bit. And I think you can overcome any of the physicality side of it and I think he's probably got enough in his locker to I was going to say personally overcome it um, but he won't need a personally overcome more yeah. negativity <laughs> yeah. I feel really bad that I've said it'd be bonkers no, to like I know, I know not play him I do know what you mean yeah, I'm just worried coming, about throwing him in too from. soon yeah. I think the only change up on Saturday will be Bonatini for Jota I think mm. anything else I'd, I'd be surprised at. Well, before we get to the front three, we talk about defensively as well. That that back three, uh, will will you? I can't. You, I can't see a change. But well. would you make a change? I can't see them making lots of changes, but at the same time, I sort of said maybe Bart could start. Gibbs White, I'd definitely change around that front three one way or another. I can't see him changing basically the spine of his team because mm. that's not been Nuno's way. He doesn't he'll, make many changes. He'll only make, He'll make one two. If necessary, um, yeah, I, I can just see him keeping it for another game. If it all goes peak tongue on Saturday, I think he'll revisit it for the Villa. We'll talk about the the front three then, because Michael is telling me, especially with a, a week's break, it's you should really be going for your Cav, Jota, and Costa front three. But my argument would be, you've got to mix it up. I think you need someone on the bench because if you look at that bench, there's no one you can bring on at the minute. You just think, wow, they're going to make an impact. That's why perhaps, in my view, I'd, I'd be playing a phobia front. I know people have been saying, mm. what is he really doing? But you've got him, you've might got to well. use him, and you might as well have someone on the oh. bench that you can go, right, we can change him now. It's not working, put yeah. so-and-so on. I think on. the issue I've had, when, you, when the three, I was going to say attacking midfield, when you've got Cav, Costa, Jota all starting, when it works really well, it's out of this world. If they do kind of step up and push a bit higher and kind of get that bit closer, we struggle. Um, and the other thing I don't like is that that means you have to have Bonatini and Fobi on the bench. And I'd argue they're quite similar players. In the grand scheme of things, they're both mm. a number nine. They're both your central point where if you've got Costa or Cav on the bench, you've got players who can mix it about that little bit more. 
Um, whereas when we've had to bring on Bonnet, when we've been chasing games, we've brought on Bonatini and a Phobie, we just lose our shape and structure. Yeah. Um, so I, I guess it would be a toss up whether you start Bonatini or you start a Phobie. Um, I think with hindsight, I don't know why Bonatini was chosen over a Phobie on Saturday because Bonatini had only just come back from injury. Yeah. Their defence wasn't amazing from what I saw them on Saturday. I think. They're not quick defence. No, I mean, that's why I would have chosen. Bonatini's not quick. He's just he's no. there for link-up play, and we just seem mm. to struggle to keep the ball in there off in order for our midfield to get up yeah. alongside Bonatini on Saturday. And him and Costa shook that many tackles on Saturday. I was really disappointed mm. in the pair of them. I'd be happy to see a Phobie start. Yeah. I think he And he scored against well. Reading last time. He played against them for Wolves. Header. Van the power across. <laughs> I remember it like it was yesterday. I'd be, I'd be, I'd be putting Costa on the bench as well. Yeah. Personally. And I, I don't still buy into this whole thing. Of, you know, I've heard some people saying, "Oh, that's it for Costa." I don't. No, he's played he's well. It's a confidence thing with Costa. Yeah, he's played well in the last two or three games. Enough. For... I mean, when I last saw him live against Norwich, I thought he looked really sharp, mm. and you know, he was playing with intent as well, which is what you want to be seeing from. Him. He wasn't not shirking it. Mm. You say, but you know, I've seen it where he's like not been going that extra mile when he's been driving with the ball into the box, and he had that. Um, against Norwich and say it's a confidence thing they all struggled on Saturday it's annoying, it's annoying because it's uh, in some ways I'd actually prefer to have Cav on the bench because of what we've seen him make the, the impact. impact but then he's done so well from the start I don't want to change yeah. it he, he looks oh, I feel sorry from every time he gets substituted he looks like he's heartbroken because he, there's got to have been I don't know 90% of the times he's been substituted this season he hasn't deserved to come yeah. off I mean which is Keep Jot on the bench then and play Costa and Cav. I, don't, I just don't think you can afford to have players like Jot no, and Neves, think, any, oh, yeah, anyone yeah. of that calibre, to be on the bench. I mean, uh, he has, I, I think Jot has been a little bit quiet the last. He's looked leggy. Yeah, but that's why you hope the week, the the, the, the break, break in the week yeah. is, has helped him out. Um, for wedding, then, gentlemen, as of Tuesday night, uh, do you want to do predictions at all, or are you feeling too nervous for it? I'll give it a go. We'll give it a go. I'm feeling terribly nervous, but I'm going to give a prediction anyway. Dan, are you going to give a prediction? 1-0. One 1-0. Nil. One nil. Wolves. I think we're going to scratch it, don't you? <laughs> Cut. 1-0 Wolves. Rich. Nervy 1-0. 2-1 Wolves. Yeah, I think it's going I think to be... We'll do, I think we'll do it. I don't think it will be as nervy. Either. I think it might be one of those where we will just... Do what needs to be done. Yeah, my gut's all over the place for this one. I think it's leaning towards a win, but I think it's going to be a very, very squeaky boom, boom time win, and we're just going to have that sense of, oh, hopefully, oh, thank God for that. It'll be nice if Brentford can get a result in the three. It'll be nice if any teams <laughs> below us can get. Can, well, yeah, can but I mean, knock off points. I think just because of how platonic our fans can be, if. if it goes to three points before the half past five. It could yeah. get really nervy. Mm. And as good as Wolves fans but, are, we're horrible at the same time to, yeah. to play for. We must be. I mean, I mentioned it. Um, it's bad timing anyway. But before Fulham game, saying we usually turn it on when we've been on Sky this season, especially at home, we have as well. And I think this five thirty kick off as well. Mm. We're gonna have the pyro. We're gonna have the fireworks. I think they'll bring the thunder. And again. also, you know, to try and hope people. Make people feel better, and hopefully, it is a consistent thing that happens when we have lost this season. Out the back of that, to, we do see, tend yeah. to do better. So, fingers crossed, and we'll be biting our nails on Sunday. Let's try and end on a happy note, gentlemen, before we end the podcast this week. And who would like a quiz again? I, I, f- I feel like we can't say no at this point of the recording anyway. Yes, it's a mandatory <laughs> yeah. quiz. Uh, there's no kind of theme to the quiz. Our good friend of the podcast, Andy, has put this quiz together for us. Um, so if you, what I'm going to say as well is if you fancy putting together a quiz for us, uh, the best one will obviously do the Q&As, uh, podcast at wallsfancast.com. Will they win a sticker if they get selected, They will win a sticker oh. if they, uh, if they get selected. I, I can't on you. <laughs> um, I'll just sort out the posting. Yeah. <laughs> Question one, what? Your bank details. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so yeah, if you've got uh, a quiz, any kind of quiz for us, walls related, uh, podcast at wallsfancast.com The best ones we will choose, and you'll get a sticker. So Andy's quiz. It's multiple choice. It's Rich versus Dan. Uh, there is a tiebreaker question apparently, so I need to try and keep track. I think there's uh, four hundred questions, Andy. <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah. I think it's about six or seven questions. Anyway, here we go. There's no kind of theme to it at all. It's all a bit random. Uh, first question: Walls were the first club. To score 7,000 league goals. I do remember this. Uh, but who scored number 7,000? Was it uh, Rosa, uh, Sol, 
or Miller? Who was it? Rosa, Soul, or Miller? It seems I'm like go Soul to me, yeah. yeah. You're both That's, going for Soul. Yeah. And you're both right. Yes. Well, I remember, <laughs> yeah, I remember. <laughs> was it like Bristol City away or something like that? I'm, I, I remember it was away. Game. I remember, was I it Reading? <laughs> it could have been. It did score, score like a, a really good goal away at Reading. All I can think is Rome Ricketts goal away to Reading. That's the goal I'm That was of. a... I think I remember I mean, scoring a good goal for Reading under the Premiership years. Uh, okay, next question. John Richards holds the record for the fastest, record, fastest recorded goal for Wolves. Oh. How fast was it? Was it uh, 10 seconds, 12 seconds, or 15 seconds? Your 10, 12, and 15 options, gentlemen. Uh, just like the points deficit that's been cut for third place. I don't... <laughs> Sorry. I don't want to go uh, down the middle again. That, uh, that's the 10, only 12, now. 15 seconds. Dan, I'm going to come to you first. I'm going to go 15. You can go for 15 seconds. Rich, what's he going to do? Okay. I'm going to stick down the middle. Okay. Why not? Um, 12. 12 seconds. Well, it looks like, Rich, that Dan's took the lead. 15 oh, seconds. Oh, the eyes. It's like a nervous pass. <laughs> 15 seconds. Dan's 2-1 up. Uh, next question. Wolves record defeat. I've already got more than the Christmas quiz. I'm, <laughs> I'm a happy man. Uh, Wolves record defeat was 10-1 by Newton Heath. Uh, by what name is Newton Heath better known as now? Is it Man City? I don't Liv- even need. I don't even yeah. need multiple choice on this one. Liverpool or Manchester United? Manchester United, isn't it? Yeah, Manchester yeah. United. Well, you'd be very surprised to hear that it is Manchester United, <laughs> of course. Uh, Dan still leads that. Then was it three? No, three, three two. Three, two. Three, two. Uh, right. So, in 1995, Wolves broke their transfer record with a £1.85 million signing for Dean Richards. Um, who was the first defender to cost more than £2 million at Wolves? Was Ooh. it A, Jody Craddock, B, Richard Stearman, or C, Christoph Berra? Uh, Craddock, Stearman, or Berra uh, was the first defender at Wolves to cost more than £2 million after Dean Richards' £1.85 million transfer. Richard. Uh, Berra. Going for a Berra. Craddock. Going for a Craddock. Well, it looks like Rich... It is Berra. Yes. Oh, you're getting Berra at this, Rich. I was going to say, I'm sure Craddock didn't sign for over a million. I think Stearman was about 1.5. I knew it wasn't Stearman. Yeah. I was surprised we paid that much for Berra. <laughs> I remember him being like weirdly expensive at the time. Because it was like about hard two in money troubles yeah. as well. So why have we paid <laughs> two million? <laughs> like, especially when we were six months away from getting him a Premier League as well. It was like, well... Let's get him now, and we've got him. And you know, we've got a really high quality defender. Then, uh, so three all. Uh, next question: We have five. We have had five. As- bleh, we've had five Icelandic princes play ply their trade at the Old Gold, amassing over 150 appearances. How many goals did they score between them? Oh, that is horrible. So five Icelandic princes. Obviously, there's only one true prince, of course, of play for Wolves. Over 150 appearances. How many goals did they score between them? Is this Was the it nearest to it? No, it's a I multiple choice once four. again. Multiple choice. Oh, um, Ingemarsson, Sigurdarsson, Godvarsson. That's what missing. Gudjonsson. And Jonsson as well. And Egg. Egg, Egg, Egg. Egg. He didn't score, did he? Uh, so multiple don't... choice okay. for this one. Is it 12, 16 or 20? 12, 16 or 20? I, can't, I, I feel like I'm going to show my working out if I'm not <laughs> careful. I feel like I want to team up with Dan, but... Uh, D- Dan, I'm going to come for you to 12 again for firstly. Was it 12, 16 or 20? It is, yes. Three all at the minute. In this quiz, let's not get I'm going to go 12. It is 12. Congratulations. Can you break down just for no no points added for this? Can you break down um, the Icelandic players and the goals? Varsum got what? Three or four? You got three, yeah. Three. Siggy got probably three. Uh, Siggy got seven. Seven. Yeah. I think Inga Marson got a couple of goals. He got a couple of goals as well. Congratulations. So, uh, four all at the moment. Next question. Uh, against whom did legend Billy Wright make his full in- international debut in 1946? Was it against Ireland, Scotland, or Wales? Ireland, Scotland, or Wales for Billy Wright's full international debut in 1946. Four all in a minute. Let us know he's getting on at home at WWFC Fancast. You can go first. <laughs> you can go first this time, Rich. I've got way I've got a sec. I've gone first. Uh, it doesn't matter. It's all going to be multiple choice, isn't it? Um, yeah. Ireland, Scotland, Scotland Wales. Wales. I'll go for the old classic Scotland. Go for the old yeah, Scots. I'm going to go with Wales. Go for the Wales. Where it looks like that four all will remain because it was Ireland. Oh, oh wow. Oh. It was Ireland. So I was going to say, you can't go for like, the same, same one, one, can yeah, you? No, I was just going to keep following <laughs> you until we draw, so yeah. I can't lose another quiz. Uh, next question. In all competitions in the 2008-2009 season, which player made the most appearances? Was it Andy Keogh, Kevin Foley or Dave Edwards? 
So in that championship winning season, who made the most appearances in that season? Uh, Dan, I'm going to come to you, obviously, firstly. Keo Foley-Edwards. Foley so you're going for Kevin of the Foley. Yeah, Foley pretty much started every game, didn't he? So you're going for Kevin of the Foley as well? I'm going for Kevin of the Foley. You're going to have this tie-break, aren't you, purposely? Because it wasn't. <laughs> it was Dave Edwards. Oh, wow. He only got one more appearance uh, than Kevin Foley. So oh, David wow. had 48, uh, 21 as a sub. Kevin Foley, Oh, we're carrying sub-appearances. <coughs> oh, Kevin Foley. Andy, sort it out. Uh, Kevin Foley, 47 all-starts. And Andy Keogh, 46, 23 as nah. a sub. So still four all. <clears throat> Next question. Since uh, the well, since the first of January of two thousand, Wolves have met Reading. Oh, obviously, up for the weekend. Wolves have met Reading nineteen times in all competitions, including friendlies. Uh, what is the accumulative score? I don't think I even said that right. Combined score. What's the total score? Uh, is it Wolves eighteen, Reading twenty one, Wolves twenty four, Reading twenty three, or just going to my next page here. Uh, oh, hang on. I think there's only two options here, apparently. So you've got your two options. Okay. I think there is another one, but... I was going to say, is one of those the right answers, then? One was 24-23. Yeah, so it's either Wolves 18, Reading 21, or Mm. Wolves 24, Reading at 23. Do you say this is including friendlies, and I'm assuming playoffs as well? I'm get, well, yeah, all competitions, including friendlies. So, which which score is the correct one? We're just gonna have to like a, do like a, a heads or tails on we'll guess which yeah. one. Here, I think. I'm gonna go for um, the one where Reading have scored more than us. Oh, hang on, no, there is an option. He, oh. he said, oh, there we go. So he said, um, I've just noticed matches. He said he missed one out. Um, the final option is Wolves twenty, Reading fourteen. So, so I think so, we can class that one. As like <laughs> he's, forgot to, he's, he's forgot to tell us. Yeah. So. Oh, yeah, well, Richard's gone for the one where Reading scored I think I've gone more, for so A. I'll, I'll go by so the one by default, yeah. and then I'll, that'll be my excuse when I lose. Yeah. So you've gone for B? Yeah. Well, people say you should always have a plan B, and he's correct. Oh, I'm sorry, he's Rich. Got, I didn't no, want to win we, like that. So five, four, We'll so, have to go outside and fight to the <laughs> yeah. death. We'll, we'll, I was going to say, can you imagine if it was actually C? Do you want to do the tiebreaker? Yeah, why Just not? Just to see? Well, yeah, yeah double I'll give, I'll give Rich the double Yeah, I mean, you'll have still won on away goals. Like, <laughs> <laughs> so final question uh, how many goals did Wolves and Reading Hero Kevin Deal score if you combine his time at both clubs uh, so we'll do a closest wins so no multiple choice here uh, so if you combine Kevin Doyle's, go- Doyle, Doyle's goals for Wolves and Reading um, how many goals did he score 41 41 as a combined for Reading and Wolves for Reading and Wolves I'm not going to do the hold horrible 42. <laughs> I'll go for... 42. No, nah, I've got more... I don't know, I'll go f- 51. 51. Well, it looks like... I just made the maths really hard for you. No, it looks like that... I should have had another question for a tie-break, because Richie's correct. I'm sure uh, he got more like about 60. 85 goals. Oh, well, he scored a lot of red in then. He yeah, because I think he got yeah. like 20-odd in the season we got promoted, and he got... Um, he got uh, 55 for Reading in total and only 30 for Wolves. Didn't even think he got that many for Wolves, to be fair. Yeah. That's cool. So it's a draw. Well done. I haven't got a tie break, so congratulations. You've both drawn the quiz. I've got a quiz for you. One question. Oh, <laughs> in 1994-95 season, you see that book that I put in earlier? The, the old Vivu books? Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. We played someone like <laughs> Venezia and Lecce in the Anglo-Italian Cup. Okay. What world... What, Euro 96, Germany striker played against Wolves? Um, Stefan Kuntz? No. Oh. Scored in the, he scored in the European Euro 96 final. I don't, oh, I don't remember. Oliver Bierhoff. Really? And Christian Vieri played against us as well. Really? Bloody hell. I know. What, what players played against, like... <laughs> Zabi um, played for, against us once, didn't he, for Barcelona? In that friendly. Yeah. Rivaldo and Figo was in that team, weren't they? Uh, I think Figo was done about Rivaldo. Figo definitely was. I think Figo definitely played. Yeah, because um, Simon Osborne's picture on Twitter for quite a while yeah. was him and, and, and Figo. I think it still is. Unless he's changed it recently. It could be. To be fair, I'd Van say... Van was manager. I'd say you're milking it, but I'd do exactly the same thing. Miguel Angel <laughs> Nadal was in the defence. I always just assigned him on Premier Manager. Premier Manager. Was Lewis Enrique five star still players? <laughs> was Enrique still? I think Barcelona he was. At that yeah. point. Pep might have been in that team. Ooh. Vita Boyer was in goal. 
or Victor Boy, depending on what <laughs> nationality you were coming from. Okay, and that's where we'll leave it this week. Thank you very much for listening. Thanks to our sponsors, Opera Creation and Helen Smith Limited. You can follow us all week on social media for your lols and trolls, the Church for Wolves fancast, and you'll find us there. If this is the first time you listen to the podcast or you've been a regular listener, thank you very much for listening and finding us time in your busy podcast schedule to fit us in and if you do download and subscribe to the podcast on iTunes then please do give us a review in five stars it does help us up the podcast ladder uh, well gentlemen the nervous countdown awaits please for the life of everyone we have a nice relaxing weekend after Saturday but we'll see what happens uh, it's on Sky by the way everybody the game one of many games on the telly. <laughs> Sorry, for a second, it just made you sound like you're just going to plug Sky. No, just, you know, if you don't fancy going out, it's going to be cold, isn't it? It's also on Sky Q on Saturday <laughs> for, um, Sky are listening. Uh, so, for this week, it's bye from Dan. Goodbye. Bye from Rich. Goodbye. Bye from me. See you next time. Bye.